Hi, I'm Len, and you're listening to the Middle Manager Show. This show is for those who just got promoted to manager and have no idea where to start, and for those who are caught in the middle of the big boss in their team and wondering if they're doing things right. Join me and my guests as we talk about real life challenges of middle management. Hi everyone, I'm Len and this is another episode of The Middle Manager Show. So today we will talk about two important topics, it's leadership and management. I know it's a popular topic, it's, you know, you can just google it and tons of articles will actually come out. But here is my caveat and why I feel we still need to talk about it, at least from the lens of a middle manager. So when books and articles talk about leading and managing, it usually uses examples of people from top management like CEOs or senior executives or business owners. When someone occupies a high position in a company or in a country or even in a group, it comes with a high level of power and strong influence in decision making. Whatever that person decides on can greatly affect the company, the country, or the lives of its group members. Consequently, people will look at them and watch their every move. And so that also means if they made a mistake, then people can easily notice it. If they did great, people can easily see it too. When we talk about what is a good leader, there's always that notion that he, that, that, that person is visionary, compassionate, and agile, And these are the storylines that you would see in books and articles, right? For example, a CEO decides to pivot a company to a new business opportunity with the hopes that it gives incremental revenue or profit to the business. And if it is successful, media will immediately pick it up and and these stories are usually turned into books. You know, you read about CEOs who are visionary, compassionate, and agile. This serves actually as an inspiration for us all. How does that look like from the middle? Have you read any books where it talks about successful middle managers? My point and the reality is we are not CEOs, at least not yet, if that's a direction you want to go. But, you know, as managers, we do have a decent amount of decision-making power. We don't have the last say to make big final decisions, and rightfully so. And from where we stand, We might even end up in situations where we don't agree with the direction, but we need to implement it anyway. It is part of the job, right? So the question is, how then can we live up to the ideal leader and manager when we are in the middle? I used to think that managing is a little bit more clerical and administrative and has a lot to do with putting in systems and processes to make work efficient while leading is more strategic and sets a direction of the team and the company. It seems a manager is devoid of anything inspirational and motivational, right? If such is the case, then who wants to be a manager? And of course, everybody wants to be a leader. A Harvard Business Review article entitled The Real Value of Middle Managers was released last June 2021, and it talked about middle managers as the engine of the business, the cogs that make things work, and the glue that keeps companies together, especially in a time of remote and hybrid work. They are not just managers, they are connecting leaders. And I like to subscribe to this idea. Much of our job as middle managers is to get people to meet in the middle and 
Sometimes we are successful. Sometimes it is really a pain in the ass and it ruins our day. As connecting leaders, we bridge information from different sources and departments, people from up, down, and across, and find gaps in processes and systems. In Richard Dudlow's biography of Andy Grove, who is basically Intel's legendary CEO, he said, Management and leadership are like forehand and backhand. You have to be good at both to win. So, let's just say a good manager is a good leader. Remember we mentioned that leadership and management is a highly personal journey, and we do want to give ourselves enough time to reflect on this. When I was just starting in my career, I would do mental notes of certain behaviors or actions of my boss and managers of other departments and even my colleagues, and I would file them under things I would also do and things I won't do if I were in their shoes. It was sort of a mental exercise that I just realized I was doing later on as I grew into the role and became more self-aware. This helped me form my idea of what kind of leader and manager I want to be. It's still an ongoing process. I don't want you to think that I've gotten it all figured out. I didn't have a formal mentor, but what I would do, and I'm still doing now, is to identify people within the organization or outside if there is a chance, who I either look up to or I find interesting. And this includes even those that might be unpopular to some. Actually, the more unpopular they are, the more I get interested in getting to know them. This has been very helpful to me. When somebody disagrees with a popular idea, I would be interested to know why, and usually it gives additional insight to the discussion or to the topic. So, where am I leading to? Our idea of a leader and a manager, a good one, is important because this will be our guide in terms of how we will act in our day-to-day decisions and interactions in the workplace. Last week, we mapped out our life and career goals for both you and your team. Today, we map out our ideal leader. In the exercise, which you can download for free, you just have to join our LinkedIn private community. We will try to answer these questions. What is a good leader for you and what kind of leader do you want to be? Now, look back and identify around three mentors that greatly affected how you view leadership. In the exercise, remember the lessons and characteristics that made you look up to them. And if you're willing, Schedule an interview and ask them three more things you want to find out and list down the insights that you got. We did a similar exercise in my MBA class, but it was focused more on what made them successful in their career. Two of the most important advices that I got, one will be, it's better to be a small fish in a big pond than a big fish in a small pond. It might sound cliche, but this actually helps me remain humble and open to new challenges that come my way. And... This is also what I think about whenever I need to expand my comfort zone. And then the other one is, learn and roll up your sleeves if you have to. This last one resonated well during COVID when me and my team had to learn new ways of of working and doing our job. So after you've spoken to your mentors, and if you don't have one, maybe this is a good time to think about this and approach people who you feel can guide you. Next is ask yourself. What kind of leader do you want to be and what kind of leader you don't want to be? And lastly, where are you in terms of being that kind of leader and what do you still need to learn? You might be surprised with your answers. It is very easy for us to criticize our leaders and that is good. So they are on their toes and they remain accountable. But 
We seldom look at ourselves and see where we are as leaders and managers, whether we are leading a team or not. Now that you have a good idea of what kind of leader you want to be, relate that to what kind of leader does your team and your company need right now, and work towards that. The pandemic put the spotlight on all the leaders of countries and companies, big or small. The future of companies lie in the business decisions the leaders are making now. And where are the middle managers? What is the role that we play here? Aside from being visionary, compassionate, trustworthy, resilient, there is also a clamor for leaders to be more agile and transparent, especially in these trying times. COVID hit almost every industry and has reshaped how we live our lives on a personal and professional level. More than a year has passed and we are still finding ways on how to live with the virus. Businesses have closed down, some are barely making it, and people either can't find a job or just lost one while those who still have a job are still finding ways to stay sane and productive. The aviation and tourism industry, which I am in, is greatly affected. More than anything, what I've learned in this pandemic is the importance of transparency and honesty to keep my team together, and agility to keep the operations going. But more so, to put these values in practice, especially in situations when it is the hardest to do so. What does that look like, you might ask? As a middle manager, I found myself answering tough questions and having difficult conversations with both top management and my team. For example, my boss will tell me to find other creative ways to do my campaign due to limited resources, but still make sure we deliver the results. On the other hand, my team would bring forward their doubts on job security or ask for direction on how to move forward with our campaigns given the changes in travel restrictions and limited budget. I also had to make recommendations to both local and regional teams on whether to launch products or not, when the data that I have or we have is inconclusive and practically nobody knows what's going to happen next month, let alone next week. So, how do you guide your team with that? And how do you assure top management? Well, the reality is, and if you want to find out my answer, you can't. There is no assurance. And that's the hard truth we all had to face. Only we face it together. So what we did, we adapted the culture of rapid learning in a time where we are starting from scratch, be it from data to consumer insights. We are still in the process of strengthening our culture of collaboration where we fail fast and we fail forward. This is a startup and entrepreneurial mindset that I'm pretty sure most of you already know, which I would like the team to adapt. And hopefully, as their leader and manager, I can also show them how to win and that we win together. I got a few nuggets of wisdom from the book, Leaders Eat Last. I may not agree with some of the arguments in the book, but there were still that I resonated with. The first one is the importance of trust and the circle of safety. It says... When people have to manage dangers from inside the organization, the organization itself becomes less able to face the dangers from the outside. For example, if people don't feel secure with their jobs, then most probably they won't excel at it, right? And it wouldn't foster creativity or even inspire them to be problem solvers. In a way, it cripples the team and then the whole organization. So, as a leader, we build trust 
and that comes from integrity, honesty, and transparency. In the book, it said, and I quote, Leadership, true leadership is not the bastion of those who sit at the top. It is the responsibility of anyone who belongs to the group. So, whatever position you are in, you can be a leader. And now that we are in a global crisis, it seems everybody needs to be one. Remember, a good manager is a good leader. So, how can we exercise leadership in managing situations from the middle? Here are more examples. We will take a few notes from the Harvard Business Review article I just mentioned earlier. One way to do this is by empathizing with both your boss and your team, especially now that people are working remotely. Some leaders are more assured when they consistently hear updates from their direct reports. And if this is the case, then you might want to have that conversation on when and how often should those regular meetings happen. Then consistently check on your team. That includes checking their mental health and personal dispositions. You might even want to hold meetings where your team can also interact with your boss to bridge the gap and ease the sharing of information. This can be a way for them to get exposed and train them in their role. In our team, we started our afternoon tea slash coffee session held at least once a month where we are all online just talking about random stuff while drinking coffee, tea, or eating anything basically. But you have to know that this part of the job can be emotionally tasking. So make sure you have time for yourself and so you could recuperate. But how about when there are conflicting agendas from the different levels in the company? I've personally encountered a situation where two decision makers were not talking to each other and I had to be in the middle to figure out how the project can move forward. At some point, it would be advisable to let them be present in the same meeting to talk about the agenda and hear each other out. But also, it might be good if you have a recommendation in mind just in case they don't have one. Again, be proactive. But the challenge here is if no one wants to open the communication line and agree. In that case, find someone more senior to them or who gets to decide after them to mediate. One of the things that I also learned is there are, there are just some things that are beyond your pay grade and you have to learn when to escalate. In a sense, you know, we, also, we also need to choose our battles. Then sometimes you find yourself in situations where you have to express feedback, and constructive challenges to top management on behalf of your peers or your direct reports. For you to be able to do this, you gotta have the courage, especially when you believe in what they're trying to say. Trust is important in this scenario. Trust that top management will hear you out when you express feedback and hold them accountable to what they say. That is why it's also good to have that trusting relationship with your boss. And lastly, you'll find yourself balancing dilemmas, and usually both have strong business cases. This is tricky and entails a lot of critical and strategic thinking, and sometimes might leave you in the analysis paralysis state. But at the end of the day, it boils down to what should be prioritized and who gets to do the final decision. As the person in the middle, get the facts, do the analysis, and have a recommendation. When I was in this situation, at some point, I had to put my foot down and told the two opposing decision makers to decide because the prolonged decision making is creating inefficient back and forth and unnecessary work for the team. Of course, 
I said it in the most respectful and diplomatic way possible. But again, at some point, you have to decide and recommend and then pressure them to do the same. As you can see, and based from everything that we've discussed, leadership and management looks a little bit different from the middle. At times, we find ourselves not only navigating different hierarchical levels, but also cultures and generations. If this is the case, how does managing look like in a workplace with a multi-generational and multicultural workforce? And how do we function in such a diverse environment? Join us in our next episode together with our guest, Jonathan Yabut, the winner of Asia's hit reality TV show, The Apprentice Asia, and dubbed as Asia's Millennial Guru on Leadership and Talent Development. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Instagram at The Middle Manager Show, and join our private community and LinkedIn to download the resources and where we can keep this conversation going. Your feedback and suggestions are highly encouraged. Till the next time, I am Len and this is The Middle Manager Show.